How's everyone doing this morning? Do you guys remember me? <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a while, uh, three months, but um, super happy to be back. And uh, I've been uh, dropping in second service, first service, listening to what God has been uh, speaking through the different testimonies. And uh, Pastor Zach, could we give a hand for our staff and the, the pastors that have been ministering this, these past three months? Uh, it's been awesome just for me to be able to uh, get fed by them. And then I've been going to different churches as well and, um, you know, seeing what God is doing in other churches. And it's, it's awesome to see what God is doing in every other church. There's, there's a, a, an assignment and a calling on every single church on this island. And it's so neat to see the fingerprint of God in different ways and how he's working. And, um, and, but God's here more than anywhere else. I'm just joking. Um, I'm biased. I, I, I love our church, and uh, I, I love everyone here. And uh, it, was, it was a great time to be able to, um, you know, take th- these three months to reevaluate, uh, look at what's been going on in my own heart and life. Um, you know, my dad always says that faith is not just about our faith. It's about uh, our faith, our, our finances, our family, our fitness, and it's a holistic uh, perspective of life. And so uh, I took time just to look at those different areas, and um, I I love the song that we sang this morning. Um, I'll lift my eyes up unto the mountains. Where does my help come from? My my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. How many of you would say that this is where your help comes from, that our help comes from Jesus, right? And there's so many different areas uh, of opposition and areas of uh, that are obstacles. And one of the things that I, I felt God speaking to my heart in that whole time was that every obstacle and every opposition is an opportunity when God is in our lives. And, and I was thinking through that, that song, and David is the one that penned that and said, I will lift my eyes up unto the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And, and I, I remember it uh, being said in a message that I was listening to that that why did David look at the mountains? And we went to Israel, um, you know, probably 10 years ago. I, I don't know what, how, what year it was that we went to Israel. But they took us to the place that David would hide from King Saul when his life was in danger. And, and it was all these mountains. And in the mountains, there was all these different caves that David would hide in as Saul was pursuing him. And when David needed help and when David was feeling down and oppressed and 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 that everybody was against him, it said that he would lift his eyes to the hills. And I believe that when he looked at the hills that he was hiding in, that he remembered the faithfulness of God in the days of his opposition. In the days of the obstacles, he looked at those places where he remembered the faithfulness of God. And in our lives, in different areas, whether it's your family, whether it's your fitness, whether it's your finances, whether it's your faith, there, there is opposition, there are obstacles, but where does our help come from? God says to lift your eyes up. Don't focus on the things that are causing you the pain. Look at where your help comes from. Your help comes from heaven. Amen? So I, I, I just wrote these things down. Um, I, I kind of want to talk conversational style to you this morning. Uh, I don't have notes. If you want to write stuff down, you can. 
Um, but I'm just going to go through some of the, the, the things that God spoke to my heart during, during the time that I was out. And it's, it's in these areas of the obstacles of my family, uh, my finances, my fitness, and, and faith. And so, um, so let's pray. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into it. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, that you see where we are, every single one in a different place, everyone facing different obstacles, different giants in our lives. But God, that, that you have a destiny and a plan for every single one, and that you want to walk beside us through every, every obstacle in our lives. And God, I just pray that you would speak through me this morning, that you'd speak to each person. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you, you are guiding us into a destiny that is so much greater and bigger than we can imagine or hope for. And so we thank you, Lord, that you're here with us today in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Um, one of the biggest obstacles that I faced in this past uh, three months, or maybe a little bit longer, is letting my daughter go to college. My beloved, my, my first daughter, right? The strength of my, you know. Um, she, she was, she's my firstborn, the first child that's leaving, and, uh, and I didn't want her to go into, you know, the big bad world. Uh, but God's in the scripture, it says that children are an arrow in our quiver, right? And so children are meant to be sent out. And, um, and as I was processing that and, you know, getting ready to let Alexis go to college, uh, and I think I talked about this a little bit before, but it was something that, you know, God really um, spoke to me as far as how it pertains to family. Um, Genesis 8.22, it says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. So there's this principle of sowing and reaping. Everyone say sowing and reaping. Sowing, sowing and reaping. And, um, and so we had this graduation party for Alexis, and I really wanted her to, to, um, to be honored you know, for everything that she did. But at the same time, I didn't want her to ever feel it was all about her. So uh, I didn't want a regular graduation party. I wanted kind of like a rites of passage, um, you know, very meaningful get-together with close family and friends because at that time there was a 10, 10 limit uh, of people and I didn't want the neighbors to get all mad. And so we had to really selectively uh, invite people to this, this gathering. And um, I told Alexis, this is not about you. When we get together, I want you to write a letter or, or write a speech and I want you to thank every single one of these people that have been a part of your life in a significant way. And I want you to remember the role that they had in your life and to share with them, you know, what they meant to you. And so she, she worked on it and, and uh, the night came, we catered, had great food and everyone dressed up and I made this nice video and uh, the, the video, when we, we shared the video, um, it, it took her back to times when she was a baby and being carried by people she doesn't even remember. And, uh, and after the video was shown, she went up there and she shared this speech and she started bawling, crying, like talking about how grateful she was to these people in her life. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Everybody was just like crying. Andrea was like bawling in the back. And I was like, why is she crying so much. And, and so I asked her after, wow, you love Alexis that much? And she's like, no, I was thinking about my boys leaving. <laughs> I was like, oh. And, uh, but it was, so, it was so powerful in that it wasn't about her being honored. It was about her honoring the people in her life. And that principle of, so, and, and the end result of that was that 
that there was a, uh, that she, she was honored. And, and everything that we want in life comes from the action of sowing what we want. If we need love, we need to sow love. If we want selflessness from our, from our mate, we need to give selflessness to them. If we want, um, if we need finances in our lives, we need to sow finances. Whatever it is that we need, we, God calls us to sow. So, um, so we went up and took her to college and, and took her to a couple of churches and now she's plugged into a great church up there. And, uh, and what was really awesome was I didn't cry at all when I left her because I did all my crying at her graduation party. So uh, it, was, it was really good. Um, the second area of obstacle is this area of finance. And um, when our economy started going into this craziness and the printing of all this money, uh, God just started speaking to me some things. And uh, as I followed them and walked them through, I saw just an amazing blessing of God that I can't even comprehend. And uh, it's exceedingly abundantly above everything that I can ask or think. And, and I believe that God is opening the windows of heaven to his church in this season. And there is going to be turmoil. There's going to be, you know, crazy stuff that come down the line, I believe, in the future. But there is a protection and a shelter that God has for his people. If we lift our eyes up and look to him, there, he is where our help can come from. And um, I, I love the testimony that Danny shared a couple weeks ago. I love the testimony that uh, Joyce and Miles shared last week. Um, just to see that in this time of, you know, seemingly famine and businesses and all these different things happening in our economy that, you know, Feed My Sheep has more money than it's ever had before and that God is releasing blessing and finance across the board. And, uh, and I really believe that, that uh, he has called us not just to, to, that we should be blessed, but he's blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so, um, yeah, that, that was an amazing thing that's happened in the past couple months. Uh, in our, the life of our church and in my life. Um, I want to share obstacle and fitness. Now, now uh, I thought I was super healthy. Don't I look healthy? No, you guys, you don't have to answer. I, I, I thought I was pretty healthy. Um, and this is a picture of my daughter, um, Paige. She's my second oldest, and I took her camping up in Poli Poli. And uh, she, she loves running. She's a cross-country runner. She, she just took first uh, for the cross-country meet this past weekend in, in Baldwin, for Baldwin, uh, Baldwin Girls. And um, yeah, you can clap. <laughs> and uh, I remember when, when she first started running, uh, I, I was like, I'm going I'm to teach her. I'm going to teach her about endurance. I'm going to run with her. And, uh, and, and when she wants to give up, I'm going to show her how not to give up. And I, I started running with her, and, and I, I gave up. And, um, and, and I started running, and, and my heart, there was something that was going on in my heart, and I was like, oh, that feels weird. Like, I never felt that before. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know what? You're, you're young. You look fit. You know, we're, we're going to put you on a, a stress test. So I did the stress test. He's like, oh, you passed pass it with flying colors. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I was expecting. But what's going on? I think it was because of those energy drinks that I was drinking every day and stuff. And he, he said, yeah, those are bad. And, and, and then, and then he, he said, well, let's do a cardiogram. So if there's anything wrong with so I did the cardiogram and nothing, you know, flying colors. And, and they said, you know, there's, it doesn't seem that there's anything wrong with you. But, um, you know, just to be sure, 
maybe we should do an angiogram. And I, I said, what's an angiogram? Well, that's when, we, you know, we go into your blood vessel and go all the way up into your heart, shoot some dye, and, and see if there's any plaque in there. And I, was, I said, oh, that doesn't sound like fun. Um, and he said, don't worry about it. You know, like, we're, we're going to do it, and then 90% uh, we're going to get in there. There's not going to be anything, and then uh, you'll be out of there in 10 minutes. And so I, I was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. And so I'm making, like, I didn't even tell my wife. I'm, like, making the reservations, you know, for going to Oahu, to Schwab, and everything. This all happened in the past three months, by the way. And, um, and so, uh, so I call the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, you're coming over. I said, yeah, I'm coming over on this day. And he, he says, who's coming with you? I said, oh, nobody's coming with me. He goes, how are you going to get home, and how are you going to get here? I said, oh, I'm, you know, renting a car. And he said, oh, no, you can't drive here and drive back home. You're going to be, like, on drugs and stuff. And I said, oh, I'll just get an Uber. And he's like, oh, okay. So, so I get there, and I'm like, oh, no big deal, right? I consult with the doctor. The doctor says, oh, no big deal. Like, 10 minutes, you're in and out. I was like, okay, in and out procedure, like, you know, big deal. So I get there, and then in the morning, I'm, like, sitting down, and there's these people around me, and they're all, like, you know, concerned and they have their families with them and their spouses and they're rubbing each other's backs and you know they look all worried and stuff and I'm looking around and I'm like man should I be more worried than I than I am right now I I, I feel like I I feel like maybe I underestimated this thing and, and this nurse comes by and she says uh Mr. Asado uh it's your turn and 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 I, and so I said oh I'm Mr. Asado and she goes who's with you and I said uh, uh no one and she goes oh you poor thing <laughs> And she goes, I'll, I'll walk you over to the, the, the room. And I, I was like, oh, why should I have somebody here? She goes, normally people come with someone else. And I, I said, oh. And then I didn't want her to think that, like, my wife hated me or something. So I said, oh, yeah, I, told, I, I was the one that told my wife to stay home. And she said, oh, why'd you do that? And I said, I don't know, because I didn't think it was a big deal. She was like, oh, okay. And then we get into the room, you know, and, and, and long story short, so I'm, like, on, you know, they wheel me into this room, and there's like five doctors around with these big screens, and I'm like, this seems a little bit bigger deal than I, I thought this was, and, uh, and then, and then the, <laughs> you guys are laughing at me, oh, don't show, you can, you can, I was like, why are you guys laughing, um, yeah, I put that there, the reason why I made that picture, by the way, was because I wanted my wife to feel sorry for me. So I made like the most saddest face and I took the picture and I sent it to her and yeah. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, okay, so procedure, right? So, you know, they, they put me down on this thing and then they said, oh, uh, you'll be okay. And I start feeling like this warm stuff going into my arm and into my heart. and. And then I, I see the camera on the thing, like, going into my arteries, and I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And then, um, and then the last thing that I hear the doctor saying is, like, whoa, I didn't expect that. And then, boom, I was all like, oh. So I, I wake up, like, about an hour later after I wake up, and then the doctor said, you had, a, you had an artery that was 95% blocked. And we had to go in and put two stints in one of the smaller arteries. And I was, I was like, oh. If I knew that was going to happen, I probably would have read up on it a little bit more than, than what, you know, and, and, um, and then, but I'm reflecting on, you know, what, what God said, that every obstacle is an opportunity, and I'm like, like what is the opportunity here? Like, what is the, what is God, and, and, you know, I'm thinking through the blessings, like, man, 
I'm glad that this didn't go on for longer, and you know, it could have been so much worse and, and stuff. And, and uh, so I'm talking to my nurse in the recovery, and I'm still like a little bit groggy, kind of like how I am now. But this, this happened on Tuesday, by the way. Like, this just happened, like Tuesday. So, um, and, uh, and so I'm talking to my doctor, and, um, or the nurse, and I said, hey, um, you know, I heard about COVID, and, uh, and, and how is the COVID in the hospital? And she said, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's normal now. We've, we've, you know, everything's kind of tapered off, and things are back to normal. And I said, how was it before? And she said, oh, man, it was just, like, insane. Like, this place was just packed. With, we've never seen it like that before. It's way worse than the first time. And, and then she started, like, kind of tearing up. She said, I lost my sister during that time. And, um, and I, was, I, I, I felt really bad for her. And she's like, and she just started opening up and sharing with me. And she said, here I am, a RN, and I've been, you know, treating heart patients all my life. And then I get a call from my sister that's having this heart condition. And because we're so crowded, she had to get rerouted to another hospital. And, um, and the other hospital's not as good as Schwab. And um, they didn't know how to handle you know, the case. And so she said that she was considering just like barging into the hospital and like telling them what to do, but she, she just let the process go and, uh, and her, her sister ended up passing away. And, um, and so I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the um, you know, she's treating me and, uh, and helping me. And, and, then, and, and, she, and then she's thinking, or she, she said, um, you know, but you know what was really strange is uh, I was driving, and I, I didn't know what happened, but I was driving around, and it was 10 o'clock at night. I remember looking at the watch, it was 10 o'clock, and I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace, this overwhelming sense of joy. It was so strange that I was feeling this joy, and it wasn't, it wasn't from here, and it was just like, everything's going to be okay, and I only sensed it for a couple of seconds, but it completely changed everything. And I had to pull over on the side of the road because it was so strong. And, um, and she goes, I have no idea what that was. I have no idea what that was, what that feeling was. And I talked, I talked to my niece, and my niece told me later that exactly at 10 o'clock, my sister passed away. And, and I, I felt this tug in my heart, you know, like, talk to her about, about me. And, um, and, you know, I'm, like, half drugged out, and I'm on sabbatical. Like, I'm thinking, I'm on sabbatical. <laughs> She's sharing to me. And, um, and the first scripture that comes to mind, I'm like, okay, God, like, what do I talk to her about? Like, what do I say? And the scripture comes into my, my mind. Peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Um, my, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. I don't know why I'm crying. I always cry. Um, and, and so I, you know, I pull out my phone and I'm looking it up. And, um, and then I'm thinking in my mind, you know, all the doubt comes in, like, ah, she's, she, what if she's new age? What if she's this? What if she's that? Like, what if she doesn't want to hear that? And, 
And uh, so I put it, you know, I start making excuses in my mind, like, oh, I'm just going to write a card. I'm going to put these verses, I'm going to write a card, I'm going to give it to her, you know, when I leave. And, um, and, and then, uh, you know, she walks in and I say, hey, uh, are you a spiritual person by, by any chance? And she said, yeah, I, can, I, I would consider myself spiritual. I said, could I show you a verse? And she said, yeah, sure. And so I, I pulled out my phone, took her to John 14, read those scriptures, and she started bawling, crying, just like bawling, crying. And, and you know, she's wearing her mask, and her mask is getting all soaked and, like, gross and stuff. And, um, she, and she said, she said, that was God. And I said, you know what I think? I think that that peace that you felt, that joy that you felt, it's because your sister was feeling that exact same feeling, but she's going to feel it forever. And, she's, and because you guys are so close, you had a glimpse of what she was sensing at the, at the time, which is the presence of God. And she said, and, and this is her words like verbatim, she's like, how lucky am I? How lucky am I that I could sense, like I felt God just for those few seconds. And, and she just cried and cried and cried. And um, she had to change her mask. And, and then uh, she, she said, thank you so much for sharing that scripture with me. And, and for me, I was like, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's such a huge deal. It was such a huge deal to her to know what that, what that was and to have it explained to her. And then I said, um, have you ever prayed for anyone before? And she said, no. And I said, you want to pray for me? And, uh, so I prayed for her first, and then after I prayed for her, and, you know, and, and I said, you want to pray for me? She goes, I don't know how to do that. And I said, um, and she goes, what do I pray for? And I said, I have, like, something in my heart <laughs> that you could probably pray for. And, and, she, and I said, you just talk to God. And she said, okay, okay, I'll try. So she, she prayed. And after she finished praying, she goes, how did I do? I said, that was perfect. That was awesome. And she goes, that was my first prayer that I ever prayed aloud. And I said, good job. And she goes, thank you so much. That was, that was special. And, and, and when, I, you know, when the procedure is over and I'm, I'm leaving, uh, you know, I'm off, have my backpack on and like, ready to leave. And she's like, you can't walk out. You, you, need, to, you need to sit down. And I'll, I'll wheel you out. And I said, I don't need it. She goes, no, 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 I insist. Like, sit down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you out. And, uh, and so as we're going out, she said, thank you so much. I just want to say thank you so much again that, that you helped me pray my first prayer. And she was so excited about her first prayer. And, and, um, and her name is Debbie. And I told her, I asked her permission, can I share the story to my church? I think they'd be encouraged. And, and she, she said, yeah. And I, so I'm going to send her the link. So hi, Debbie. Uh, thank you so much for taking care of me while I was there. And... Um, yeah, you guys can. Um, every obstacle is an opportunity. God wants to use us, not just in church, but everywhere that we go. Even in the most inconvenient, most opposing circumstances, God wants to use you and me. And, and the, the last thing that I want to share is how God used, uh, how God changed my perspective. Because going into the three months, it, I was having a really hard time um, with what was going on politically and, you know, in our community with the different mandates. I was getting very bitter and angry at what was happening in our government and didn't know how to deal with it. And so, um, you know, I had people that were asking me to write them religious exemptions, uh, people that were losing their jobs, um, people that 
and I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong, and I'm going to get into that, but I know people that, because they were not vaccinated, passed away when they got COVID. I know other people that passed away several days after they got the vaccination. So I don't say that getting vaccinated or unvaccinated is right or wrong, and neither should you. What is wrong is forcing somebody to do something against their will and coercing them to do something against their will. That is wrong. We serve a God that values freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. If the Spirit of the Lord is in us, we should value freedom as well. Amen? Amen? Amen. Why is freedom important? Freedom is important because without freedom, you cannot love. God put the tree in the garden. He said he didn't hide it on Mount Everest. He didn't like put it somewhere where they couldn't get it. He said, don't eat of this fruit, and he put it in the middle. Why? Because it's a choice. And you can only choose right if there's a choice. And because God is love, he gives us freedom. He gives us choice. And so anything that is against freedom, if, this, if the spirit of the Lord is freedom, right? It is for freedom that Christ, everyone say Christ. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Amen? So the spirit of Christ is freedom. So what is the spirit of the Antichrist? Bondage, control. And you need to recognize it for what it is and don't get sucked into a lie that men like the thing. Anyway, so I was in a very bad place. I'm out of it. Um, and, 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 and this is, this is, so, you know, I was like ready to like just go on a war path and I was telling the second service that I was ready to do, but I'm not going to tell you in the service. And, um, I called Pastor Norman and Pastor Norman was like, John, just spend some time in prayer. So I spent some time in prayer and, um, and through, uh, this divine appointment, God showed me how messed up my heart was and how I needed to spend more time in prayer. You ever experience that? That you're like, God, I want the solution to like how to change that. And then he says, you know, you got to change that, right? So, so God worked in my heart to change that. And, um, and, and this is what he, where he took me. He took me to um, the scripture, because uh, I'm reading through the Judges, right? And as I'm reading through the Judges, there's the story of, do you guys remember the story of Ahab and Jezebel? the most wicked government officials that, that Israel had. And there was a prophet. The prophet's name was Elijah, right? And Elijah, God called Elijah to speak truth to government, and he was out in the wilderness. God told Elijah, go back and show yourself to the king. So he goes back, and he's in a vineyard. And who does he meet in the vineyard? This guy named Obadiah. And Obadiah was the administrator to the king. He lived in the palace of the king, and he was helping the king. He was the right-hand man of the king, Obadiah. And it said that Obadiah feared the Lord. He was a Christian. He loved God, and he was ministering in the palace of the king at the very same time that the other man of the Lord was in the wilderness speaking out against the king. So who was doing the right thing? Both of them. 
Elijah was doing God's will in the wilderness, speaking out against the king. Obadiah was doing God's will in the palace, serving the king. They both feared the Lord. They were doing opposite things in opposite places, but still they were both in the center of God's will. Amen? And so in this whole thing, we cannot say, because this is right for me, it's right for everyone. That's, that's, not, that's not kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is there could be a correct assignment that God has for her or him, and I need to support that with all of my heart. And at the same time, I'm going to be obedient to what God wants for me. Amen? And so in that, I was like, okay, God, what's my assignment? Because, you know, I feel like Elijah right now. Like, let's call down fire from heaven. And, and, and that Sunday that I was feeling that, you guys were watching the video of the disciples asking God for fire down from heaven. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, we need Elijah's right now. We need Elijah's right now. But we also need Obadiah's, right? And I'm God, God what is, what, what, what's my assignment? And he took me to the scripture. Let's read the scripture together. At the count of three. One, two, three. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach or to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There was an anointing that Jesus had not to speak to those in power, but to help the powerless, not to go against the oppressor, but to help the oppressed. And then everything became very clear what my assignment, and I believe what, if you come to our church, what an assignment is for us. It's not to get involved in the fighting. It's to help those that are oppressed. The spirit of the Lord is upon us to help the oppressed. And, and, there, and when I started looking at the climate and looking at, what's going on in our community and what's going on in, you know, the things that were so, like, frustrating to me, I started seeing opportunity everywhere because we have never been in a situation like this before. And this is the hour of the church. We as the church, if this is our assignment, we have the greatest opportunity anywhere. In the hospitals, with our friends, there... There are needs everywhere, and God has called us to minister to people who are in need. Amen? Um, so, you know, one of, the, um, one of the ways that, so I started thinking through, God, how can, you, how can you empower us? How can we be a light during this time? And one of the greatest things that's facing our, congregation, our community right now is this fear of COVID and the mandates and the restrictions and all that kind of stuff. I want we're we're gonna put a fund aside that if anybody is affected by unemployment because of these mandates or getting hurt financially, that we wanna help those people. And so if you have friends or you have people that are being impacted in a negative way financially, let us know because we wanna push funds in that direction. The other thing is that uh, I visited a church, Dr. Kurt, um, I don't know his last name, what's his last name? Milholm. And uh, Dr. Kurt, he, he is a doctor that has treated over 200 COVID patients, visited their homes, and has helped them recover. Not one of them have passed away. And he, 
is filling a gap that is in our society right now of understanding preventative care and early treatment of COVID. And this is, this is a, a pack of uh, vitamins, and he, you know, I could give you a whole bunch of stuff about this that really helped us when we went to Washington while it was a hot spot. And, um, but this helps prevent it. And if you get it, there's early treatment. And he is willing and able to visit anybody who, who and he's a Christian and he prays for people. And what we're going to do, this costs 100 bucks, and we are going to make a whole bunch of these packs for our church and free of charge. So if anybody in our church gets COVID, you can get this. Or if anybody you know has it, you can get this, get the preventative care, uh, early treatment. Dr. Kurt is there to help. And we want to empower our congregation to be a solution to our community during this time. Amen? And not just a solution where you say, hey, I have something for you, but then minister the prayer and the presence of God that his spirit is in you, that peace can go to someone else. So Brian was someone in our congregation that experienced that, and uh, I want to call him up to share his experience with um, Dr. Kurt. Could you guys give Brian a hand? Thanks, Jonathan. How about a round of applause for Jonathan? So good. So I shared this earlier, and I was, like, shaking, like, super nervous. So this time around, I'm, like, still pretty nervous, but not, not shaking. Um, can we pray real quick? Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together. Uh, we just pray to, um, so that we, we open up our hearts and open up our minds uh, to seek you first. All praise and glory unto you, God. Uh, you are the God of the mountain. You're the God of the valley, but you're also the God of the middle, and that's where we we need you the most. Is that's where you walk with us and you be with us. So thank you so much. Um, I just pray that you guide my story, uh, so that'll be encouraging to to someone who's um, maybe going through, or they know a family member who's going through what I went through. Um, all these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Everybody said, "Amen." Um, I was diagnosed. Well, diagnosed. I tested positive for COVID um, on September seventeenth. And uh, it was really scary for me personally. And, you know, you think COVID is out there and it, you see it on the news and, 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 and you hear all the stories of people. But I thought, like, not me. Like, I don't have to be afraid of this. But it, I got it. And it happened to me and in my home. And that's another miracle, too, because my family members, I have two sons and my wife. Like, nobody got it. Only I got it. So that's a huge blessing right there, too. Um, I just want to share Psalms 121, uh, Psalm of David, and he said, uh, I look to the mountains, um, where does my help come from, um, comes from, and my, my help comes from the Lord, um, the maker of heaven and earth. And I just kept praying and praying and praying. I was so sick, and I, I, I called my doctor. Um, I said this earlier, my wife's not here, but thanks to my wife for taking, holding it down and like taking care of me and taking care of the kids because if not for that, it, she was like the rock for our family. And it was hard for me because I was physically and emotionally and mentally just down, but it was hard for my family too because we all went through it together. Um, so I'm trying to get in touch with my doctor. I cannot get a doctor's appointment. Um, my doctor's not available. Um, 
and I'm just thinking, what am I going to do? Like, I can't just fight this with Tylenol. Like, I need some medicine. Like, um, so Pastor Lance, has, you know, the whole church, like, thank you so much for praying for me, the prayer team, everybody. But Pastor Lance asked, had reached out and said, hey, um, my friend is a doctor, and I can give you his number, and you guys can call him. He can, maybe he can help you guys. And um, so we did. We called Dr. Milholm, and uh, thank you, doctor, uh, for saving my life. And he came, he, he, he answered his phone. He said, I'm going to come to your house later today, and, and uh, we're, you know, I'm going to come and see you. And I thought, like, he's going to come to my house? You know, you, normally you go to see the doctor. But he did. He came. He came to my house, and he walked right into my room, and I was isolated. And this is, like, day three. I'm getting worse. I'm super sick. I got all the symptoms. Um, I have asthma, by the way, too, so I've, I'm born with bronchial asthma, and I'm older, so I thought, like, oh, no, like, what is going to happen to me? Like, it's just super scary for me. Um, but Dr. Milholm came to my house. He walked right into the house, into the room, no mask, just smiling, and he, like, gave me a big handshake, and he put his, and he put his arm on me, and he said, you're going to be all right. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, we're going we're gonna to take care of you. You're going to be good. And I shared this earlier, and at that moment, I just got, like, overwhelmed, chicken skin, presence of the Lord. Like, that was God telling me I was going to be okay. Um, and I was just overwhelmed. And so he, he prayed over me. I didn't share this earlier, but he prayed for me, too, and, and my family. And he, he had the medicine that I needed. Um, he didn't take any money. I didn't share that earlier, too, but we tried to pay him. He didn't want us to pay him um but he left and uh, and my wife and I and I just looked at my wife and I said babe like what just happened like what was that that was like a miracle he just came to my house made me feel so much better because the anxiety and the fear was just like taking over and I was just down but when he put his hand on me and said everything's gonna be okay I just knew that was God telling me I was gonna be okay and that was huge um I started getting better, you know. I, instead of getting worse, I was on the track of recovery, and that was huge for me. Um, so I just want to encourage someone who is fighting COVID or they have a family member, um, like, you're going to be okay, you know. You're going to be all right. Like, you can come out of it. And I just hope that um, my story will help somebody. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. So, um, so Brian now has the antibodies, and he can be a minister to anybody that has COVID. Um, and what we want to do with our church is, if you want, you know, and you want to understand the protocols of preventative care and early treatment, because that's a missing dialogue that, you know, in our society, everything is about get the vaccine, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, and nothing is said about, if you get it, it's like, Doctors won't talk to you. His doctor didn't call him for 12 weeks. Doctors won't talk to you. They'll just say, if it gets bad, go to ER. So th this is a missing element that's greatly needed in our community right now. And so if, if you want to be a part of the solution to this problem, and you want God to use you in an area that our community needs it the most right now, uh, I want to encourage you to come to this workshop, 1.30, to understand the protocols of preventive, preventative care, early treatment. We have uh, the natural um, uh, herbs that will help you 
uh, to, to not get it, but if you do, there's, there's medicines that can help you get through it. And so it doesn't have to be something that's fearful, unknown. Um, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And, and this is something that can empower you. It can give you power, empower you to not be afraid of, of the unknown. So um, these are free, $100. Uh, these are free. We haven't, you know, made the packs, but if you need it, um, and, and don't have the funds, we have it available. If you have somebody that you know that has COVID, uh, pick it up from the church, get it to them, you know, pray for them. Um, and then we have uh, Dr. Kurt that will visit their house and give them medicine, prescribe medicine, and pray for them. So, so we can be empowered as a congregation and a community to be an answer in this time of need. Isn't that great? Every... Every obstacle, every opposition is an opportunity when we have the Spirit of the Lord in our lives. Amen. Let's, let's pray, and then, um, then Andrea will come uh, give us our last announcements. God, thank you. Why don't we all stand? And uh, God, thank you so much for who you are in our lives, that there's an anointing that the Holy Spirit has put on, on your church to be a light in the darkness. And God, you haven't called us to to yell against the darkness, you have called us to be a light, to lift up the oppressed, to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. And, and we can't do it on our own, but you can do it through us. And, and Lord, we want to say that we're here, that we're available, and Lord, that you can use us to show your love and to, to, to show your care in, in a community that is deeply looking for it right now. So we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen.